Good morning, everybody. Glad you are here. How's your Spanish? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very, very good. So <laughs> I knew our Spanish speakers would pick it up. I actually have no idea what is said on that video. I just thought it was very appropriate to play since we're doing our Guatemalan recap today. So um, I, I know it says something about Jesus because I saw Jesus in there. Uh, so I thought, wow, this would be a great one. So I thought it would set the, a good tone for us this morning as we're recapping our mission trip. So you see on the stage with me, this is the team that went down to Guatemala and spent a week down there serving. And like last week, our Costa Rica team shared some of their experience of what happened when they went on their trip. We're going to do a similar thing today. And just like last week when Tim was sharing about the Costa Rica team, I want to tell you that you would be proud of this group of people right here. They represented Christ very well, and they represented you as a church family very well. Um, so it's been a privilege to be on this trip with them, and I'm excited about what they're going to share. And there are many stories that they have over this past, uh, that past week when we were down there. And I wish every team member could share their stories, because God did some really cool things. But we don't have time for that. If you want to like hang out for three or four hours, maybe we could pull that off. But there are lots of stories so just a few people are going to share this morning, but know all of the teams, uh, each member on the team has uh, some profound stories to share that God's done some really cool things in them as they were there serving. So if you would be praying this morning for our team that is going to share, I'm sure you can imagine once you have, have had a rather profound experience it's difficult to take that experience and to boil it down into three or four minutes of sharing something significant to someone else. So it's a difficult task that they've been given this morning. So pray for them as they do that. Now, I'm going to invite the rest of the team who's not sharing to go ahead and have a seat. And then our team members who are going to share are going to get a little situated here as I tell you a little bit about our partnership in Guatemala. For the past three years, we have been working with a church in Antigua, Guatemala, and the church is called Iglesia del Camino, which basically means Pathway Church, and they are doing an amazing job in that community of introducing Guatemalans into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And they're doing an amazing job of reaching out into their community as well as surrounding communities and helping to serve those in need in those areas. It was just a really cool experience for us to be there again this year and to extend some of the things that we were doing there as well. They are led by Mike and Nancy Watkins. And you can tell that's Mike, but that's not Nancy there. So that's Mike. We only have a picture of Mike here. They are missionaries from Largo, Florida. They're actually on staff at a church in Largo, Florida, and they are missionaries there, and they lead that church at Iglesia del Camino and do a phenomenal job of that. But just like what happens here, God has brought around them a phenomenal group of people that help them do what God's called them to do. And so we had the privilege of hanging out with some really cool people 
uh, this, uh, th- on that week that we were there. I keep thinking it was last week, but it was a week before that. But we got a, a great experience hanging out with their servant leaders that helped set up the opportunities that we have to go and serve, and it was just a, a really cool experience. Now, they partner, that church there partners with several organizations in the communities around them to service those communities. Another partnership that they're working with is in a village called Santa Maria. And as, uh, I don't know if we've got a picture of the volcano there, but if you're looking down the south end of town, Antigua is a volcano, and off to the left-hand side, you'll see a village there at the base of the volcano. That's Santa Maria. Very poor community. And so they're partnering with another church in that community to provide food to many of the malnourished children that live in that community. Now, they're also partnering with the local government, which I just think this is really cool to see how this plays out. But they're partnering with uh, an area called Pastores, and they're partnering with the mayor of Pastores to help provide homes for those that are homeless um, or those in desperate need of a home. And so that's some of what we got to do. We got to build uh, two and a half houses, two houses that we finished, another house that we didn't uh, finish. But it was neat to, to watch that partnership between a church and a local government to meet the needs of the people within that community. Now, here's a quick summary of our week, and uh, then we're going to get to our, our interviews of, of the team that's up here. On Saturday, we traveled and got acclimated to the area there. Then on Sunday, we went to church. So they have two services on Sunday morning, very similar to ours. And it's always humbling to me to go to a church service that's in another part of the world and to watch our great God being worshiped. It's just a great experience. I mean, we were singing some of the same songs that we sing here, and they've got a really um, interesting experience with a bilingual service, so the pastor would speak in English, and it was translated into Spanish, and it was just a really neat experience to be there worshiping our God while you guys were here worshiping our great God. We serve a very big God, and he's worshiped all around the world, and it's just neat to watch how people around the world worship him. Then on Monday, we built a house in the village of Santa Maria. And just to let you know about the houses, we here in the States would not define it as a house. We would define it as a shed, a place that we would put our lawn equipment, maybe some tools. But in that community, it's a very nice home for the the folks that are there. The house that's being built here is the first house that we started with, and it was probably four times, three to four times bigger than the typical houses that were built. It's bigger than the other houses that we built on the other two days that we were building homes. But it gives you an idea of the houses that were being constructed. On Tuesday, we built a a much smaller house than, than that one in the town of Pastores. And then Wednesday, we did a house blessing, which I wasn't fully familiar with what the experience would be like in that culture. Um, But what we were able to do is to bring like housewarming gifts to that home, read some scriptures, share our testimony uh, with our relationship with Jesus Christ, and pray over the family that was going to be moving into that home. It was a very touching experience for a number of us. Also on Wednesday, we worked in the feeding center in Santa Maria and fed over 200 children that were there. And then after that, we got involved in vacation Bible school type activities and just had a great time interacting with, I mean, they just jam-packed that church right there with those kids. And you can tell the guy in the black shirt up there, that's me. I'm not dancing because I don't have the groove. So 
I wasn't, I wasn't doing it. But the rest of the team had it going on. It was really cool. On Thursday, we built another house and did a house blessing. And then I think it was Tuesday night that we actually went out in the community and we did some feeding of the homeless. So those that don't have a place to live, uh, we would take them a, a cup of soup and, and uh, try our best to introduce them to Jesus in any way that we could. And it was a real humbling experience being out to doing that, knowing that a number of the folks that are out there, their families, very young children, and the children are sent off throughout the day to, to beg for money and whatever they get, then they use that for survival. And a number of the folks that live on the streets actually rent a, a piece of the sidewalk. They pay rent on that because in one section it has an overhang. And when it's raining, it just keeps them a little bit out of the rain. So you know, try to imagine, grasp the reality of paying rent to sleep on the sidewalk somewhere. A lot of these folks were battling drugs and alcohol, and a significant problem that they have there is sniffing glue. And you can smell it on them you know, as you come up to ones that are battling that, and it's a way that they cope with their lives. And so they spend parts of their day scrounging around for money, and then another part of their day sniffing glue, getting high off of glue and killing brain cells. On Friday, we volunteered in a hospital for disabled people. Many of the people that were there suffered from cerebral palsy. And that was a really challenging day for our team uh, to not only for those of us who struggled with the the language barrier, um, but there was another barrier there that many of us just weren't sure what to do and how to do it best how to serve those folks that were there. Obviously, communicating was very difficult on many of the interactions, um, but it was a really profound experience, I know, for a lot of us. And, uh, you know, for some moments, the greatest thing that we could do is, is actually touch someone and rub their arm, um, wheel them around in their wheelchair, and provide some meaning to their world. A lot of the people that were there have no one to come visit them. No one ever comes to stop by to say hi. No family members, no friends, nobody comes to, to breathe a little life into their world to see how they're doing. They're there by themselves and no one's gonna come check on them. And I had a, a privilege of, of interacting with one guy, his name was Otto, and through a translator we got to talk a little bit and I've got muy un poquito skills on Spanish. And so I use like all my skills within like 30 seconds with interacting with this guy. And I'm like, I got nothing else to ask you, man. I got nothing to draw from in my Spanish bag. But uh, it was really neat to, to wheel him around in his wheelchair. And I, I thought, well, maybe he's done and I'll park him again. And he would say, no, vamos. He wanted to go. So <laughs> let's go. And through a transfer, like, where do you want to go? And he said, out in the street, let's go. I'm like, okay, I'm not taking you out in the street. And every time I'd make a lap, he'd, he'd lean back and look up and ask me what my name was. So I got to answer that like a, a bunch of times. And then how I was doing. So what's your name? And how are you doing? It was a really cool experience to be there with that, that man on that day for me personally. Then on Saturday, we traveled home. And we've spent the past week trying to figure out how to incorporate our experience there with our lives here. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today th through our team. Now, I want to introduce to you, our team. First off, we have Carrie Hartnett, and uh, this was her first international experience, but you can also call her the Miss Pied Piper for Guatemalan children. So as we had three teenagers on our trip, and each of those teenagers had just 
this magnetic ability to draw children out of the cracks and crevices of the community that we were in. And we turn around at any time and look, if you wanted to know if, where these three were, look for the children. And that's where they would be. Um, the children would be surrounding them all, at all times and just loving that interaction that they had. And then we have Megan Morgan, or you could call her Miss I Can Build a House As Well As My Husband Can. Because her husband's in construction, and she said, I'm not going to let you show me up, so I'm going after it. So she did a great job building houses that week. Then we have Jeff Haynes, who you could say, fear is not a factor for me. This is uh, his little tagline name that we've given him, and he's going to talk about that a little bit this morning. Or you can just call him Pharaoh. And uh, when you do that, just keep your head a little bit lower than his. He actually played Pharaoh in the skit that we did at Vacation Bible School, and it really stretched him out of his comfort zone, but he did an amazing job. Then we have Debbie, who you can call Miss First Class, and she will tell you a little bit about that. Or you can feel sorry for her because many times she was stuck working with me and uh, wondering, why did I get stuck with Trent? (laughs) See, that... That was my look most of the week. They would say, okay, the screw goes in the drill, and then you put the screw in the tin. I'm like, what? What? Say it again. I wasn't sure. Then we have Miss Gina down there, and you can can tell by the pictures, you can just call her Miss Sawzaw. Never operated a Sawzaw before, but when the opportunity came, she grabbed it and went to town and cut some holes for some windows in the house that we were building. So this is a team that's going to share this morning. I'm going to start with Carrie over here. So Carrie, as we were building, yeah, that'd be good for you to have the microphone. Sorry, I forgot about that. Um, As we were building the houses on uh, those days that we were and the time that we spent at the uh, feeding center, you drifted over and started interacting with the kids and didn't have any barriers there or didn't seem to have any fear of that as well as Emily and Madison that were were doing that as well. Talk about your experience with the kids a little bit. What was that like for you to interact with those children? Um, Yeah, it was an experience for sure. I mean, I went with the expectations that these children were going to be, you know, just completely sad and just broken And what I got was the complete opposite. I mean, these children were so happy and joyous. I mean, their spirit was infectious. I mean, I couldn't tear myself away from them. Um, With the conditions they were living under, you know, being hungry, you know, the houses they lived in, like, you couldn't tell by being around them. I mean, they were just amazing. And I couldn't, I really couldn't tear myself away from them. My heart was just really torn for them, and it was really cool. <laughs> well, you ladies did a great job of interacting with the, the kids. But talks briefly about the lunchtime. When it came to lunch, the, the team brought out our lunches that we were supposed to eat, and then the kids were all around. What happened as lunchtime came? Um, well, like the relationship these kids have with each other, it was like um, one was kind of appointed to take care of the younger ones. And so um, we started breaking sandwiches and giving them out to the children. And when we'd give it to the older ones, they'd right away give it to the younger ones first. They always made sure the younger kids had their food, even though we knew they were all starving. I mean, all those children were so hungry, but they were willing to share the food without, throughout them. And um, there was also some that would open their pockets and stuff food in their pockets for later or to take home if they had other siblings at home. 
So that was just another amazing thing to see is how those kids were so unselfish, even though we knew all their bellies were empty, but they thought of others before themselves. So. Yeah, that, that was a very unique experience, you know, watching children who de- desperately hungry. And many of our team, it was hard to, to eat, so many of the team members just handed their sandwiches over and gave them to a young child who would then, as Carrie said, just break the pieces off, make sure everybody around them had something to eat, and then they would eat as well. It was uh, interesting to watch because those kids don't get the kind of interaction that our team members provided them. They, they don't get that in their community. Their responsibility is to take care of their siblings and mom and dad, mom or dad are off at work, don't see their parents, don't see their kids for much of the day. And so those kids uh, many times are taking on adult roles in their community at very, very young ages. So it was a very interesting experience for us um, in in that respect. So if you could hand that over to Miss Megan. Miss Megan, you had the privilege of going with your mom and your husband, uh, which I know is a real meaningful experience for the three of you this trip. Um, but it was e- evident throughout the week that God was stirring your heart and speaking to you about some things. So would you just share with us what was God doing in you? Um, from the moment we got there, pretty much in- until now, um, I just haven't been able to stop crying. Um, going there and just seeing these kids and seeing what they live in every single day, God just really, really broke my heart. Um, One of my best friends, who's more like an older brother to me, he has described me as infectiously happy, which is more my personality. I'm just, I have so much to be thankful for and um, have just been blessed so much that I am very joyful. But um, since we've gone there, I've been feeling a lot of grief and um, just very sad for um, the kids and the families, and um, I don't know. I, I did come across a verse that gave me a lot of comfort, though. It's Isaiah fifty three ten, and it says, But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief, and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. So um, I know God is working on me. I, um, I don't know why or what his will is and um, what I'm supposed to take from all this still. I'm, Still working through that and navigating through it, but um, I know God has a good plan. And had I not gone, um, my eyes might not be open to the things that He's trying to show me right now. Yeah, that what Megan is sharing is a, a common experience that that people have when they go on trips like this and see the level of poverty that we're able to serve. Is God stirs something in our hearts. We're not always exactly sure what it is or what God is saying, but something is, is different in us. Something has changed. And we know that we can't go home and be the same. That we, we've got to live differently as we go home. And so pray for our team as we're trying to navigate and figure out what God is saying to us and how God wants us to live here in, in our community. Um, but anyway, that's a, a real similar experience. Jeff is going to talk a little bit about that as well. Uh, so Jeff... To go on this trip, you had to face some, some big fears to go. One was a fear of flying. You'd never flown before. Um, a fear of working with children. You have children of your own, but you know, you're a little bit nervous about working with kids. 
And uh, ju- just the whole experience, there was a lot of fear that was driving you, fear of, you know, you had to room with our tech guy, Brian Lemon, which is a, a difficult challenge to have to do. Um, but talk a little bit about how God worked you through facing some of those fears and being on this trip. Um, I'll tell you, I was up here an hour ago, and I'm afraid because I can't even remember what I said then. So to be able to convey to you a second time, you know, uh, I had every excuse in the world the first two times they went down to Guatemala that you could come up with, and I didn't go. And I was challenged by Trent and Tim and my wife especially um, to pray to God and say, hey, you know, if you don't want me to go, shut the door. And of course, he kicked open every door. And uh, so I spent the entire year afraid of a lot of different things, things I've never done, been out of the country, flying and all those, and uh, got on a plane and went. And uh, we had this really awesome week, you know. Uh, We had from the great worship service Sunday morning to, you know, building the houses and blessing them to handing out food to uh, the homeless and uh, some drug addicts on Tuesday to being in Santa Maria. And that place is just a, a, you could spend hours talking about what a heartbreak that place is. Those children are just beautiful. Um, and, but all week long I was getting, my heart was being, you know, you know, just, I, uh, how do you say, torn open, refilled, just, you know, you were crying, you were emotional, you're like, how do we solve this? We just, you just, how do you solve this? And we were sitting around a table um, for our last meal Friday night, and we were sitting with uh, Pastor Mike, Trent, a couple other uh, guys from the team, and, you know, I was distressed, you know, I was like, I, I, I just can't leave. There's so much to do here. What are you going to do? And Mike looked at me, he goes, man, he goes, Guatemala is not here for you to change Guatemala. He goes, you're going to plant a seed, and then God's going to grow that seed. He goes, Guatemala is here to change you, and then for you to go back and be a lamp in your dark. So I got a clear opening of looking back to the entire week, and it was like, wow. I saw 14 people healed and loving, and just not afraid. There was no fear. There was just, we were there for each other, and God was there in every moment, whether it was in conversation, or prayer, or the courage letters from our families that, you know, encouraged us every morning that we would get, we would read, and you were just like, wow, man, now I'm Superman. I can go do whatever. It was an awesome, awesome time, and to be able to bring that home and sit here now for a week I'm, I'm, slightly, I'm slightly distressed because I'm still trying to acclimate. All of a sudden, a lot of things are very unimportant in my life, and a lot of things that weren't important are very important now. So I'd just like to you know, thank God for you know, giving me the courage to step on that plane and go. And that's pretty much it. Cool, cool. Well, it, it's a privilege to watch people face fears and to, to overcome those fears and to see that, you know, the, the worst part of it was just fearing fear. And to watch what Jeff and a number of the other team members were able to do as they walked through those fears was just a really cool experience. Now, Debbie had a similar experience when it comes to getting ready to leave for the trip. And right before the trip we was scheduled to go, you were wrestling with, I just 
don't want to go. I don't think I'm worthy. I don't think I should go. And talk about that experience, how God worked through that. It was a little bit stronger than that. <laughs> I woke up one morning and I thought, I can't go. I just can't. I'm not worthy to go. Um, I can't do anything good for God. Um, but I knew I couldn't tell Trent or my teammates that I wasn't going. So I kind of just stood on the outside and watched and saw how everyone else seemed really ready. And I'm, okay, I'll try to fake this. I, you know, I really don't feel like I should be going. Got to the airport. Um, all of a sudden find out there's not quite enough seats. And I'm like, okay, this is really this is strange. You know, and waiting and waiting and wondering what's going to happen. And all of a sudden my name is called and I'm getting on the plane and realizing that I'm not worthy, but God somehow put me in first class. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> what is going on? And as they're handing me all the food, I mean, I felt like a queen. I'm like, what is going on here, you know? It, it was overwhelming love, you know? And then as we went through the week, um, we were building a house for Angelica and seven of her children very small house. I had no idea how they were going to fit in there. Um, but seeing her kind of on the outside, like I was, and uh, watching her and seeing her come a little closer throughout the day and smiling and feeling the love that we already had for her and that God had for her, um, just seeing her smile and come closer and actually trying to help us and um, we're just loving her. I kind of, I kind of felt like we were the same, you know, we were kind of on the outside, not feeling worthy, but getting this incredible gift. Um, and it was great to share that with her. Well, that picture you see there is part of the house blessing. So for part of that, when the house was finished, uh, we would read some passages. And several team members would share their God story with, with uh, whoever we were doing the house blessing for. And uh, Debbie was reading a passage of scripture, uh, Psalms 4, 4, 8. And when she read that, this was her, Angelica's response. She just broke down crying. And it was just cool to watch this kind of connection between Angelica and Debbie. Um, like, like Debbie said, she was kind of on the fringes the whole day and she worked her way into our little community as we were building this home. And she was so grateful for this house that was built for her and her seven children. And uh, just a really cool experience for us to, to bless her and her family and to bless this house as they uh, get on this journey together. But Miss Gina, you're going to talk a little bit more about the house blessing and the significant <laughs> significance of that there for us. So in two of the houses that we built, we were able to bless those homes and the families that would move in. So Ms. Gina, share a little bit about that experience. Okay. I find it strange that I'm going to sit up here and share with you the fact that building a house and a house blessing was the significant moment for me, considering here at Epic Every Week, I work with children in the pre-K room, and then when I go to work, I'm a teacher. So going into this, you know, I was just pumped, um, planning everything, working with the children, and that was going to be my thing, and come to find out it was building a few houses and doing house blessings with my team members is, were the moments that God really tugged at my heart. Um, for example, when we built the house for 
Anna and Michelle. Anna was a 22-year-old young woman with a two-year-old daughter. Uh, I myself was in that position when I was pretty much the same age. I had already had two children, so I really felt that connection with her. Um, we were building the home, and her and her daughter walked up, and I had to rely on Megan to translate. Um, but in my mind, I was thinking, you know, how awesome is that for those of us that have had the blessing of purchasing a new home or building a new home and you know when you walk through the door how exciting that is to look around and and you know look inside your house so when she walked up that's what was in my mind so I asked Megan you know ask her if she wants to look inside so she did so watching Anna and Michelle walk up the slope you know that you had to walk up going into the house and watching them peer into their house which is the equivalency of what we would consider a shed but it didn't matter it was just like all of that was blown away and she was looking into her house and I just lost it and um, I remember saying this how I've never seen something so beautiful um, looking at that house to us seems like a shed and it was like the most beautiful thing in the whole world and so Part of building a house for them is you got to do a house blessing. So after all that hard work and construction, um, most of the ladies hopped into a van and we got to go shopping and we were ready. So they give you a certain amount of money and you get to go buy necessities like rice and beans, but we all chipped in our own money, which was nice to just to give more, not just your time, but we gave more of our quetzales, which is what they call their money over there. And we uh, purchased some special things, like a baby stroller for Michelle, the two-year-old girl, and uh, a vase to go on the table, and some fresh-cut flowers, and towels. We purchased two towels, and Renee and I were just so excited. We didn't care how much money it was. We were buying those towels because um, in that moment, I realized a towel is a really big deal. You know, it's a luxury to us, but we wanted to share... Um, the warmth and the, the joy of having a fresh new towel. So um, we brought all this stuff back and we got to work setting the house up and everything was set up and it was in those moments that the tangible aspect of using your hands to build a house uh, became something that was intangible, something that you can't touch. And it was making a house a home. So. And then I also personally took away a lot of this. Um, to make a house a home, okay, you have, to, you have to have Jesus, and God has to be at the, the top of all of that. So personally, that is definitely something that I took away from this too. Yeah, it's surprising, I think, for a number of us. The house blessing was one of the most significant moments. And for me, it was one of those ambush moments where, where God just kind of catches me off guard and I'm not sure what's going on, but felt like he reached into my chest, grabbed my heart and said, I want you to pay close attention to this. And guys, this weird stuff happened, you know, this water formed in the corner of my eye and I think they call it tears and, you know, I, I started to cry, a little bit emotional moment as I'm looking at this tin shed that we would just, you know, again, put our lawn equipment in and I was so proud of our team 
to provide this home. It was definitely an upgrade from the homes that were in that community. And most of us were thinking, I'd move in. Wow, this is so cool. What a great experience to be able to provide someone a home. So it was kind of like our own Guatemalan version of, of extreme home makeover. Um, but we didn't have the big bus to say, you know, move that bus out of the way and they could see their home. So we put Jeff in front of the house. And he bowed himself out pretty big. And then we said, move that Jeff. And then they got to see their home and walk in. And it was, it was a, a really cool experience to, to serve someone and provide them a home. Uh, one of the questions that I'm often asked about international missions is, why do you take that much time, spend that much money to go around the world and serve people in need when there's so much need here? The reason is God tells us to. In Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 19, Jesus said, go and make disciples of all the nations. He didn't say just make disciples in your nation. He said all the nations. And then we get a strategy in Acts 1.8 where it says, you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So for us, if Jesus were here this morning talking to us, it'd be like him saying, listen, you, Christ followers, are going to be my witnesses. You're going to go out and tell people about me. You're going to go out and serve the community in your community, Flagler County, in your state, in the United States, and then throughout the world. God wants us to go throughout the world, wherever we go, whether it's at your school, whether it's at your work, whether it's in your neighborhood, whether it's on an international mission trip, a local serving opportunity, God wants us to go and serve like Jesus serves us and tell people about the love of Jesus that can transform them. Now, you don't have to go to Costa Rica. You don't have to go to Guatemala to serve. But like Jeff was saying, often when we do that, we come home different. We serve here differently. And so that's my hope and prayer for all of us is that anybody connected with Epic will go on an international mission trip at least one time in your life. And then you'll come home and you'll serve differently here. So I'm going to ask um, Miss Gina and Debbie, if you would just share, what would you say to our church family who's sitting here and there are a number of folks just wondering, hey, should I go on an international mission trip? What would your encouragement be? I would say yes, because God says so. That's the number one reason. Um, so when you are immediately starting to list all the reasons why you shouldn't go, money, um, your children, just all of the reasons that you come up with why you shouldn't go, God is going to match those with reasons why you should go. And also out of obedience, because that's what we, we should be doing. And I would say not to listen to all those feelings of you're not worth it and you can't do it. And um, not sit on the outside. Really go out and love the people. Great. Well, often when it comes to missions, we say something like this to God. Okay, God, if you want me to go, make it clear. And then we watch and wait, and we're looking for a lightning bolt out of heaven or something, and we don't see that, and we go, oh, okay, I guess God doesn't want me to go. So let's turn that around. In your prayers, say to God, God, I'm going. I'm going on an international mission trip to serve people around the world, to tell people about you. If you don't want me to go, stop me. Stop me. It's really hard for me to imagine that the creator of the universe would not want us to go around the world to tell people about Jesus. I can't imagine it. 
He wants you to go across your street to talk to your neighbors. He wants you to go across the county to serve someone else. He wants you to go across your office, across the school. He wants us to go around the world and serve people the way Jesus would serve us. So what can we do as a result of today? And what's the action point? What can we do? Well, number one, I hope the message is very clear. Go on an international mission trip. Next year, we're going to go again, most likely Costa Rica and Guatemala. And I encourage you to sign up. You can go to our website, theepicchurch.com, under our Involved tab. You can just sign up. That'll give us the information we need to know as we start gathering the information. We can get that out to you about the trips that are coming up for next year. Also, you can serve here locally. We've got several big opportunities that are coming up that are actually happening right now that you can be a part of. As you walked in this morning on the right-hand side in the lobby there, you should have seen a table with clothes on it and food on it. We're doing a food and clothing drive here in the county that's going to service the Grace Community Food Pantry, a new partnership that we're just starting with. And they do a phenomenal job of serving people in our community that are uh, in, in a time of need in their lives. So you know all that stuff that's in your closet or in your drawers at your house, those clothes that you haven't worn in a year and you think maybe you're still going to wear them, you're not. So <laughs> bring them here and donate them so someone who doesn't have can have. And uh, you can bring uh, some food items as well. We also have on September 29th, we're going to do a habitat build. And I think we've done, I think, four or five different habitat builds through our existence. And we'd love to have you be a part of that. You can sign up at theepicchurch.com. And I'm not sure how many people we need to help with that at this point. Usually we're right around 25 that can help us pull that off. But I love some of the partnerships that we are growing in in our community. If you think about people's basic needs, need a place to live, need clothes to wear, and food to eat, and you need to know about the one person who can transform your eternity, and that's Jesus Christ. And so I love some of the partnerships that we're able to be a part of. And the last thing I would encourage you to do is to just serve someone. You serve someone at work, at school, in your neighborhood, at home. When you see a need, don't pause and wonder, God, do you want me to meet this need? God's already spoken. When you see a need, meet a need. Step in and be a part of a solution to someone's problem. Don't just be another problem, but actually be a part of the solution to help their world just get a little bit better. Now, I'm going to close this out in a word of prayer, and then Cody's going to come up and give you some announcements. But would you thank our team, Costa Rica team, Guatemala team, for sharing today? They're not so scary, are they? It's kind of scary looking out at you, the big group. All right, so let's pray. God, I thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to serve. And Jesus, I, I can never get away from what you said. It's better to give than it is to receive. And Lord, as I come back from this trip, just reminded of that again. Lord, as we go whether we're local or international, and we pour out our lives, you do something supernatural that only you can do. You fill us up in a whole new way. You fill us up in ways that we can't even begin to describe. And Lord, you stir our hearts. There becomes this discontent in us. We can't just live life as normal anymore. 
Lord, that you want us to serve our world and to introduce people to Jesus. So Lord, I pray for our teams as they're trying to figure out how to acclimate back into our community and what you are wanting each one of them individually to do. Lord, speak clearly to them, I pray. And Lord, I pray for all of us that we would be on mission for you. Lord, that we wouldn't be a group of people known for just gathering more information about you, but we would take that information out into our community, out into our nation, out into the world to tell people how they can be transformed in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Good morning. I want to say thank you. Thank you for uh, our Costa Rica team and our Guatemala team for just coming up here and overflowing into our family here, our epic family. And uh, I know we've been challenged to help out with the Grace, uh, the Grace Food Bank. And uh, as I walked in this morning into the front lobby, there was a couple cans on the table out there. And I walked out between services, and there's just an overflow of bags out there and just food just uh, overwhelming us. So thank you. Thank you, everybody, just for helping out and just stepping up to that challenge. And if I haven't met you yet, uh, my name's Cody Anderson, and along with my wife, we team up together um, for Surge Youth Ministry. We are the leaders uh, for the middle and high school youth ministry here. And we had an event the other night, a girls' night out. It was at the Art and Soul Studio, and as you can see, they had an amazing time. Their inner artists came out, and they just uh, overflowed um, to their artwork there. And uh, they're super excited. I'm not sure if it's all the candy they were eating down there, or if it was actually their artwork, but uh, they had an amazing time, and thank you for everybody that helped out with that. And on August 17th, we're having the guys night out. I didn't forget about you guys. We're going down to Daytona Cubs game and we're going to be leaving Palm Coast at about 6 p.m. So any students between 7th grade and 12th grade um, that are guys are welcome to come and any fathers that would like to join us are welcome to come also. And um, just get on the Epic Search Facebook page and check out the links that we have on there to give more information. If you have any more questions, feel free to message me. I'll be happy to answer them for you. And we have a big step coming up here at Epic Church. We are moving. We're moving to Buddy Taylor Middle School. And on August 26th, after the service, we're having the service here. We're going to have a U-Haul out front. So anybody that can help load up stuff, please come and help load up. We're going to go over to Buddy Taylor Middle School. We're going to unload and we're going to take a short tour of the actual building. And then I was thinking Jeff and the prep team, maybe we can have a bonfire with the stages since we move them so much here. Little idea. Um, (laughs) And then also, um, we talk here on a regular basis about honoring God with our time, our talents, and our resources. And if you call Epic your home and you'd like to give, there's two ways you can do this. We have our giving boxes over here on the right and one out in the lobby. And also, you can give online at theepicchurch.com. Just go ahead and click on the giving tab, and, uh, and you can give that way. And then we have, um, we have a new series coming up. It's called uh, Living Beyond Myself. So you guys have a great week and join us uh, for that series. And as you're going out, talk to somebody you don't know or don't know well and ask them not if they're going on a mission trip, ask them where they're going on the mission trip. So you guys have a great week. Thank you for joining us.